Welcome to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. What up, what up, what up? I hope you're all doing well. This is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color in the gaming industry and in the gaming world. We hope that you are doing really well and are staying safe, staying uh, indoors as much as you possibly can and uh, keeping you and your family safe. I'm going to give everybody massive amounts of love for all the cool stuff that I've been seeing uh, on the internet of the past couple of weeks. It's been really nice to be able to kind of feel um, not alone in the uh, worry <laughs> that I see kind of currently and in, in, uh, around the world with everyone kind of getting back out into the wild open spaces a little bit too early, if you were to ask me. Um but it's been really good to see that I'm not alone in feeling like most of these people are just out of their damn minds. <laughs> so that's been good uh, to be able to see that that is the case. Um, if you listen to our last episode, please. And thank you. I appreciate you for coming through and listening to the show. Uh, I had a blast hanging out and, uh, and doing it up. Uh, and we have a very special guest that we're going to have next week on our show. So please make sure you're checking out our uh, Twitch broadcasts on Thursdays. We're going to have a really fantastic guest, somebody uh, who's been doing a lot of really dope work um, in the video game space in the past couple of weeks and has really kind of gotten uh, their game of cred uh, even higher up on the on the poll. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really excited to have them on the show next week. So make sure you're paying attention to that. And again, like if you are looking to help support the show, please uh, hit us up on the social medias. Uh, there are lots of different ways you can do that. Our our uh, our uh, Patreon, that's the name of the thing I was going to say. The Patreon is still not up yet. We're going to wait a little bit longer uh, to put that out uh, into the world again uh, with some changes that have happened in the back end as well. Plus, and making sure that, again, like everybody at home is doing well and is OK financially. So. Again, thank you so much for that. So that being said, um, I'm in a good mood. Like this has been a pretty good week. Uh, it's been busy. I've been playing lots of different things, uh, lots of games that have been out and are coming out. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that in the what we've been playing segment of the show. But there's a lot of there's like two really good news stories to kind of chew on uh, this week. And the best way to do that is jumping directly into the 411. First up is all about The Last of Us 2. If you did not hear, over the weekend, a huge leak uh, got put out on the internet. It sounds like it was a disgruntled former employee of Naughty Dog who leaked almost basically the entirety of the story of Last of Us 2 on the internet. Um, I would advise you right off the bat, please, please, please don't go look at that if you are really excited about this game. Leaks are awful. They ruin games for people. They ruin. They don't ruin the work of the people who put it together, but all the marketing folks and all the people who really wanted to showcase the the work they've been doing out into the public sphere. Uh, sphere having that taken away from them always sucks, and it, and it makes me really upset that that's a part of what just happened. Um, but it's out there. Please make sure you have all your stuff muted on all social media and all that stuff, like we like we tell you to do all the time. But. Um, yeah, it sounds like it was a huge leak that happened over the weekend um, with many, many story details. I think there was full on like plot that got shared. Uh, I think the ending of the game got shared. A lot of stuff got put out into the world. And that was really sucky for everybody and all our friends over at Naughty Dog. Right after that, 
Naughty Dog came out with a statement alongside Sony and said that they are pushing their release date back about three weeks uh, from where their original date was, which I think is now in June. Um, so like towards the middle of June, you'll be able to play Last of Us 2, which is going to be really, really cool. I'm excited for that because I have been waiting for this game for a very long time. I got to meet Troy Baker this year in person and hang out with him for a hot second. So I'm a huge fan of that game and what it's trying to do um, and really uh, can't wait to get my hands on it. I do. I do wonder and I think it, it just makes some sense to be able to, you know, kind of squash some of the uh, energy around that leak for them to, have, to kind of move their date back up. Um, Cause I think a lot of people were trying to figure out where it was going to wind up landing. Was it going to wind up landing kind of later in the year? You know, was it going to land kind of closer to where the PS five was possibly possibly going to be uh, going out. Who knows? But it does seem really interesting that they're going to now move that date back up towards a date that is um, closer to, uh, expected. I, I'm, I'm, it, it's a man. It so sucks. I just like the energy around that is just so dirty. Um, and, uh, again, like if you can try to figure out ways to avoid that stuff, please do. Um, but it is again, this very interesting space that we find ourselves in where, um, you have lots of different places picking up this story and we're talking about it here too. Um, I don't know if that's for good or for bad, like I feel obligated to cover it because it is a new story and because it is a very big news story in the space. But it also feels weirdly like I'm putting more spotlight on a thing that we shouldn't really give love to or shouldn't give any air to. So I'm not going to keep it super, super lengthy. This is going to be a fairly short show as well. Um, but I, I, I would love to know and I would love to find someone who can help me bring the story or bring this angle to these kinds of conversations around like. What's the financial hit that happens when a leak like this goes out? Like, what is the thing? How much money does a company, you know, are, are they impacted? You know, is this a thing where their whole marketing strategy has to kind of just change and, and just be different? I mean, alongside COVID, you know, I'm sure that they were planning different things that they were trying to do. So I would love to be able to chat with somebody about like, what is the anatomy or what is the kind of like damage that happens after a leak, you know? Um, I think it's just interesting to know what the, the, the toll is on a, on a particular title like this, especially something that is this big and is this huge in the space. It's going to be definitely a game of the year contender for a lot of people. Um, but it's, it's just, it's just sad that these are the things that people have to worry about in a space where, you know, to a certain extent, it's an inside job, uh, which even, which is even worse. You know what I mean? Like there was a person who was definitely trusted to be able to, you know, keep their NDAs and make sure that they weren't sharing out information about the stuff early. I, I wonder how that changes how Naughty Dog looks at bringing on new people to help with projects, because we know a lot of these games, they wind up being um, handled in a way where there's multiple, ple multiple people who may be kind of part of the studio outside contractors. There's a lot of different moving parts to the way that these things work. Um, and I just wonder how going forward, like what the vetting process is going to wind up being for them to be able to pull in people to do this, to do this really hard work. So massive love to all my Naughty Dog fam. Uh, this is a terrible day for you all. I'm hoping that there's ways that that can be better. Um, I'm hoping that there's ways that that stuff can get fixed for you all. 
Um, and the the weird side effect and roll off of this is that we get the game earlier than we expected, uh, which is good because it was pretty much done um, for what we heard. Um, I just wonder now, you know, what happens with with all that fallout from from after that stuff. So again, try to do everything you can to safeguard yourself from any of the leaks if you're really excited for the game. Um, and um, yeah, it'll be a really interesting couple of months because uh, it's going to be here fairly soon. We're already in April. Uh, May and June are going to be flying by, especially during lockdown. So um, really interesting to see how this is all going to wind up playing itself out. So that's the first story of the show. The second story of the show brings back a interesting conversation around Twitch. Um, Alinity, who has been a person who has been infamous on, on um, the platform for doing some lewd and terrible things uh, to animals, um, has finally gotten herself a actual ban from Twitch after flashing her breast on screen. Um, it looked like it. So basically the, the incident happened. It looks like she was putting something in her shirt. I just watched the clip the other day. She was putting something in under her shirt. Um, and to do so, she had to lift her shirt up a certain amount to, uh, get the piece of clothing or whatever it was into her, her pants or whatever. And it seems like during the process of pulling up her shirt, she pulled up her shirt too much and exposed her breast on, on camera. We all know, and we talked about this on the show, you know, some months ago, just how the terms of service and especially the new terms of service around nudity and all those things were very much so leaning towards kind of, um, a, a, a lopsided uh, weight to women uh, in terms of them having way more restrictions than the men did. Um, but the rules are the rules. Um, and it sucks because the, the problem was with Alinity specifically was that for multiple chances that she's gotten from the platform, it seems like this, the most kind of, I don't know, uh, the, the least controversial is probably the best way to put it is the one that wind up getting her actually banned. Interestingly enough, she banned herself for three days right after the incident because the internet drove, drove her uh, up the charts. Um, and then after that, Twitch actually came down and gave her an actual ban. They didn't give her a ban for throwing an animal. Uh, didn't give her a ban for uh, feeding an animal uh, liquor uh, didn't give her uh, a ban for having one of her own animals in a lewd position uh, on her on, on her person. Um, but a flashing of the boob is the thing that got her banned, um, which I find really interesting. So my social feed blew up after this because I woke up to mad people talking about, yo, they finally banned Alinity. They finally got her. Uh, da, 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 da. Which I also find just interesting too. It's just like, once you bring a certain level of notoriety to yourself, then the, 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 the bullseyes are very, very big upon your, upon your back. And she's done all this to herself. Like, don't, don't get this twisted to think that anyone is in some place to feel really sorry for her, uh, for this kind of stuff because she's done it to herself. But the, 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 the crazy part about this is just how much, um, it is now kind of the poster child for like, how do you fuck up? Um, your time on Twitch. And it sounds like one of those things where she's, she's been doing that stuff for long enough that at a point we all kind of just figured that like nothing's going to happen to her. It doesn't matter. She could do whatever she wants. We've seen it with other partners on the platform, lots of different people who 
um, for various reasons, uh, I've gotten away with murder on the platform, not literal, but, uh, you know, enough things that would have gotten anyone else banned. The, the takeaway from this story is less to me, the fact that she finally got her comeuppance in terms of getting banned, which is good, um, from a platform perspective and from a public facing perspective. And one of the things I tweeted about this was Twitch needs to figure out a good way to one still message out why they've done a thing. Um, but they also need to be fast about stuff. Like they're really slow in terms of figuring out ways to hand down punishment in a way that doesn't let the internet kind of go through the motions of wondering. And I feel like that's the part right now that is the most kind of annoying part of all this stuff is that it took a day and some change to figure out like, okay, is she actually going to get banned? Everyone did their usual pitchforks move and they, they went out and got the pitchforks for it. But for me, as a person who's looking from the outside, looking in, who wants Twitch to do better and wants the platform to, to strive in some ways, I want them to just do, dole out the punishment and do it quickly and get it over with. Like we all saw it. People who looked at the, the clip were like, yo, that's a, that's a violation of terms of service. You have to get banned. We don't know how long you're going to get banned, but you need to get banned immediately. And the fact that she had time to control the narrative and be like, I'm going to take myself off the platform is a fuck up on Twitch's part. That's a bad look. That doesn't look good for the platform. That looks really stupid. And it looks like the, 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 the enforcement of the, the, the rules is there because it happened, but it happened like four days later or two day, two to three days later than the incident happened, which also feels really weird. Um, I want them to be better about just like doling out the punishment, not making it a big thing and then keep it moving. I think that's the best thing that they could do. I think it helps everybody else feel like the platform is paying attention and it helps to understand that like not everybody's going to get away with stuff like this. And she's a, 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 an attractive young woman who is going to absolutely get all that money back. Once she comes back on whatever money she lost on it for the couple of days that she was off her fans, all the other people who were just there for the ride and for the, for the, um, for the spectacle of what it's going to look like when somebody comes back after they've been banned with, with that high uh, profile is going to come back and she's going to make dough off that and she's going to cake off it. So it's like, if you just ban those people real fast and knock it out the box, then, you know, it, it, it at least gives the people who are worried and continuously annoyed by the fact that Twitch enforcement seems uneven and, and, and not heavy and not heavy handed in the way that it should. So, um, uh, you know, it's going to be a, an interesting space for the next couple of days just to see, you know, uh, what else is going to happen in, 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 in these, in these parts of the, the streaming space. I don't know if that's going to put a spotlight on more people to make sure that they're like really paying attention because a big streamer got banned for a couple of days, but also it's only a couple of days. So, it also feels like a very, very much a slap on the hand, slap on the wrist kind of deal. So Eleni's banned uh, for the people who really care. You can rejoice and get that out of your system because you'll be back in a couple of days by the time you finish celebrating. So uh, we're going to take a quick, quick break. Uh, we'll be right back after this.
Welcome back to the Spoon to Be Podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. Thank you so much for rocking with us. This is episode 331 of our show. Uh, I've been playing a bunch of different stuff, and I think the best way to talk about that is to talk about what we've been playing. So I have been digging into a bunch of different games this week. Um, some of them I can talk about in length, and some of them I can't. Um, one has been Gears Tactics. Uh, Gears Tactics is a lot of fun. Uh, if you're a fan of the XCOM series and that light and that kind of game, that strategy, turn-based, uh, isometric, top-down uh, strategy kind of game, Gears is a very interesting take on that game. Like I, I really didn't get into XCOM or things like that until very, very late. Like I, I thought I started playing XCOM two, and then I like it. But it's also one of those things that feels really punishing when you make a wrong move, which I guess is supposed to be the, the, the purpose. I don't know if I enjoy games like that, where it feels like you don't really get a mulligan and you set yourself up for um, disappointment when you make a wrong move. And it's not the fact that making a wrong move will get your characters killed. Like I, I, I kind of appreciate the permadeath versions of games like that. It's just that when you go through a scenario and you've set it up and you've gotten everything and you feel like you've put your position and your pieces in the good spots and, you know, have done the, the, the four, you put in the forethought of trying to figure out good ways to, to keep your characters alive. And then you die for a random kind of stupid reason. And I wouldn't say random because you set yourself up to probably die. It takes a long time to set those pieces back up. It's, it's like if you had that house of cards or that you set up that huge domino track uh, and then you've hit somebody like randomly came over and tapped it with their foot and you have to realign and do all those things all over again to get all those dominoes in place again. That part is not fun. I wish that there was a in-between space uh, that would kind of deal with that part of it because I like Gears Tactics. I think Gears Tactics is probably one of the better kinds of games like this that I've seen in a long time because it's leaning so hard on the Gears universe, which I think is still fantastic. The other part of that, though, is when you've gotten yourself into your squads and gotten, gotten your groups together and you're kind of maneuvering yourself through these scenarios, it feels like the same problem that most Gears games have at this point is like the world of Gears is cool, but the world of Gears is old. Like, I am not as excited to see more chunky dudes with huge heads and huge chesticles. Uh, walking around in their mega in their mega suits, uh, kind of walking around shooting each other with the same weapons and the same guns and the same kind of lore. That part to me is a little bit not really appealing as as it used to be. Like it used to be a fun thing. Like I'm I'm waiting for the coalition. I'm waiting for the the universe around gears to change, and it feels like it won't. And I I don't know how to reconcile with that part because it's good. It's a beautiful game. It is fantastic looking. I love the customization parts you can do in the game. So basically you get these uh, loadout boxes that you can find on the field. You pick those up and you take those back once you've done a mission and you can open those up and you get more cosmetics. You get um, some stats or some 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 um, some accessories for your weapons that kind of change the way that they interact with the world. So like add a character who was a sniper finished a mission, uh, got a loot drop, brought that loot drop back, 
And then it was like, oh, this sniper has now a better scope and that scope will give you 30% more chance to hit. Um, so it's like the, the, the little accessories or little loadouts on your weapons then become stat rolls for uh, the characters and for the uh, weapons that you're currently using for that game or for that character. Um, you can rename them like you do in XCOM. You can, uh, you know, they can die and have permadeath and all that kind of stuff. There are some 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 really fun uh, old characters that kind of make their their way back into the game too. If you pre-ordered some stuff, but it but it feels so far like a very long game, and I don't know, like, hmm, I don't know if a game like that needs to be that beefy. And maybe that's a weird thing on me. Like maybe that's again me being a newbie or a semi newbie to the experience. Um, but it does feel like I would played a lot of it and I'm really only starting to get to the second chapter of the game and it, and there's supposed to be around like, I, I can't say actually how many are, are in it. Oh, maybe I can actually, I can say, I think they're like around six to seven chapters in the game. And if I'm only on chapter two, it felt like a long, it feels like it's going to be a long slog through that game to see the the completion of it. And I don't know if I'm not excited about turn-based strategy to feel like I want to push through to see that stuff because there just isn't a lot of meat on the bone once you've kind of gotten through the first first couple of stages. I could totally be wrong. Um, again, I'm going to play through more of it to see what I feel, but um, Gears, Gears Tactics is a, is, is a really cool game. I think I'm happy that they bridged out and branched out into different kinds of genres of games under that IP. Um, and I would love to see what something else would look like in that space. Like imagine, imagine a first person gears. Imagine how cool a first person gears would be. Like I would love a first person gears. I know that they've bucked that and been like, no, we don't want to do it. Cause third person is so cool. Da, 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 da. But I would love a first person gears in some form or fashion. I think that that would be super funky and dope. I think that would be a lot of fun actually. Um, so yeah, I, I'm hoping to possibly have something out on gears, at least some more thoughts in another version of maybe the podcast or some secondary content uh, a little bit later. I've done a lot of capturing uh, of footage and stuff like that. So I just don't know what to do with it yet. Uh, Cause I don't think it'll be a full, a full fledged full throated review uh, that'll wind up happening yet. Cause it's going to take a while to finish it. Um, second game that I've been playing uh, has been uh predator predator hunting grounds which right now like my love for ilphonic no nose bounds no nose no bounds i should say i'm actually really hyped for more people to play this game i feel like there are two games right now that people are sleeping on bleeding edge and now with predator hunting grounds being out in the world i feel like this is going to be another game that people sleep on real hard um i i i got it a little bit early waited for the servers to go online started to play i had some fun fun matches with uh the fam over at kind of funny greg uh, greg miller and some other folks as well blessing and i had a, had a, some matches too a couple days ago um shout out to our friends over at kind of funny and the beauty of what they are doing with predator is that unlike friday the 13th it feels like the way that you play that game requires a little bit more actual tactics than it does than it did in the Friday 13th game. Like the Friday 13th game, there were lots of 
puzzle solving in terms of like, I need coordination to help me get from one place to another for me to get the particular items so that we can all kind of escape. But this one, with your team being these uh, 4v1 kind of matches, so you have four mercs on the ground uh, who you pick out and load out with various weapons and things like that. Then you have the predator, who's the, the hunter, who's trying to kill you all. Uh, but there are these side missions that happen throughout the, the matches where you, as a merc, are either trying to snag some intel or you're trying to... Um, you know, break some objects that, that are, you know, holding information um, all the while, all this stuff is happening. There are these, this other AI faction that is looking to kill on site. So it's killing you. It's killing the predator. It's killing anything else that moves. That is not a part of their faction. The AI isn't that smart. I'll, I'll fully give you that. Like they're not really, they're fodder. Basically um, they don't really put up a fight. They're not that good of a shot. Um, they have some chunky, uh, more armored folks in that group who, who will come out at some point, but for the most part, they're pretty easy to kill. So the things that you really have to worry about are, is the predator and you have to worry about coordination. Um, and right now for the games that I've played, it feels even more weighted towards the, the mercs than it does for the predator. Predator is going to have, if you're playing that character, you're going to have a hard time trying to kill people for a couple of different reasons. One, and this is all stuff that can be fixed with tuning and patches and all that kind of stuff. But right now, as it stands from today, the 27th of April, the weapons that the Predator has feels a little bit underpowered. Like he has his, his uh, iconic tri-laser that you shoot out. Um, he has his combi stick. Uh, that you get at a later level when you've leveled him up. Um, but it never feel, I never feel as powerful as I should as this age old space hunter who has all these tactics and all this gear and all these weapons to be able to kill dumb humans. Um, but I, I always feel like I'm at a disadvantage, which is interesting because if you remember Friday the 13th, everyone talked about how Jason was super OP, Right. And to a certain extent, it, may, it, it kind of deals with the lore, right? Like you can kill the predator. Like the predators have died. You know, Jason, his whole shtick is that he doesn't die, right? So it should make it more difficult for you to kill him. But also it feels like the weapons that you have right in the beginning um, don't really lend to you being able to get the kills that you would expect from being this apex predator, uh, literally. So the the crux and the kind of weirdness that that goes along with that is not because you know as a player you don't have the tools to do that stuff you kind of don't in the beginning but it's based upon the way that they do their matchmaking so you can pick uh three options when you play quick play during this game so you can pick uh, no preference which means that the, it'll match make you based on need to fill so that means you'll either wind up on the Merc squad because they have four spots to fill or if no one picked a Predator, um, then you'll be able to pick, you'll, you'll get randomly matched as the Predator. The problem right now is if you're ever going to level up your character as the Predator, you have to do kind of well within your matches to get as much XP as you possibly can. Like Now you can kill fodder uh, uh, AI for more XP during the matches, but you really get the most from killing the Predator itself. Uh, I'm sorry, from killing the mercs themselves. 
The second part of that is the weapons that the Mercs have right now. Once you get into a crossfire of maybe one or two, you're kind of done. Like the, 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 the essence of a fight right now is like, see if you can single one person out. If you can, you're probably at an advantage, but anytime it's just more than one person and they're, they're both focusing fire on you. You're going to lose your health really quick and you have to run. Um, and you can't climb in trees when you, when you're that damaged, you have to run basically away from everybody else to the point where people are basically like, tracking down and hunting the the predator at a certain point which is really interesting from a gameplay perspective where it becomes the hunted becomes the hunter i'm sorry the hunter becomes the hunted um which i which i find to be a, a really cool mechanic within the game um but it takes a long time to get all the cool weapons that you would think you'd want to use as the predator uh to be the most effective at killing people in the game um one of the other parts right now is that the queue times are pretty long uh, especially if you're trying to be the predator, like I think and it'll, it'll give you like an estimated uh, amount of time that you would expect to be waiting uh, on the main screen. But it often it surpasses that time. Um, and it really depends on which system you're kind of playing on. Like I played it on console, my PS4, and it felt okay in terms of time. And this was during launch and they definitely said, and it's on the bottom of the screen. They're like, we know that there are issues with uh, queue times and we're trying to fix that. But it also feels like if you have waited eight minutes for your turn as a predator and then you lose really quickly because of whatever it may be, then that feels really, it just feels like it's not fun. Like you just waited all this time to hopefully do a thing that you've been really excited to do. And then you wind up dying really quickly because of the other team being better or they being more coordinated or you know, the, the, the traversal system in the trees is a little bit wonky from time to time. Um, so those parts feel like they need to get, give that some love. The last part about the game that I think is going to be really interesting actually is going to be around how they monetize the rest of this game for content. I think there was some really smart things that they did with the Friday the 13th stuff. You had like the skins that they gave to the counselors, you know, if you spent a certain amount of money, you were going to be able to get different kinds of Jasons. Um, that just made me think of Heavy Rain really quick. Jason. Um, but for this, a lot of the stuff that you wind up getting is like camos for your guns or different skins for your weapons or any of that stuff. You know, you do that for both the Predator and for the and for the Mercs. At a certain point, you're going to run out of stuff. Because based just based on lore and just based on the IP and the franchise, the only thing that I can see as being something that they do is if they wind up getting the license to be able to bring in some of the likenesses of some of the original cast, which I think would be fucking dope. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Who knows? Arnold Schwarzenegger has been throwing his body and face around for the <laughs> a lot in the past couple of months or past couple of years. You wind up in, you know, Mortal Kombat 11. They had stuff with uh, uh, Tom Clancy's Wildlands. They had so they had a whole bunch of Terminator stuff, or you know uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger adjacent stuff. Um, but it made me really excited because I was like, maybe if they got Bill Duke, a young Bill Duke, into the game, I would love to play as that character. Um, I want to play as some. I want like Jesse the Body Ventura. Like I want to play as those cats in that squad. 
and figure out, you know, how that's going to work. Cause that would be fucking cool. Like that would be really, really awesome to actually get a chance to play some of that stuff. I think that would be really fantastic and dope. Um, I just don't know if they have the license to do that. Um, it would be cool. Uh, I think it would be a lot of fun. Um, and I think it would, it would really set that game apart in a way that where they could build a little bit off of it. And there's also some mechanics of stuff that, you know, from a gameplay perspective, you would wish that them wish that they would be able to kind of pull in. Like one of the things I love about the game is how it uses the environment. So like you being able to put mud on your body and your face to cover yourself from the heat signature that you put out for the predator could see. That was really cool. I would, I would love for them to be able to figure out a way that you could like submerge yourself in water and have that very cool moment where Arnold Schwarzenegger like comes out of the water with his machine guns and starts shooting at the predator. Like those kinds of things would be cool. I would love it for there to be some way that you could basically capture someone's voice in party chat and then mimic it back to the player doing it the way that the predator used to do it in the video game. Um, that would be funky and dope as, as a mechanic because it has this one thing where you can throw a sound pack that sounds like the gurgles that the predator makes, but it's not the same as like me basically taking your voice and using it against you in a, in a cool way. Um, so yeah, Predator Hunting Grounds, I think is going to be funky. It's going to be really interesting to see how this game tracks, uh, to see how it plays itself out um, or if it gets played out <laughs> pretty early. Um, so I'm excited and shout out to all the folks who are working on that, on that, on that title. Geo, massive love to you, Geo Corsi, uh, friend of Bracago, resident of Bracago, Tramel Isaac, you know, AKA Mr. Black Diamonds himself. Um, you know, they've been working on this game and, and been putting out a really dope product and I'm really excited for what it's going to wind up doing for the, the months to come. Um, the last game, uh, that we're going to talk about a little bit. I can't talk a lot about it because it was still under embargo until the 29th is streets of rage four. I have been playing and finished streets of rage four. And all I can say is that if you are hyped for a remaster or a new take on the streets of rage franchise, you are going to be very, 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 very excited and very happy about that when that thing drops because it's cool. And that's all I can say for now. Cause I don't want uh, my wonderful friends over in PR to beat my ass. Um, but it, but it's, it's cool. It's a very cool game. I'm hopefully going to have some, uh, some of the content out with that as well soon. So word, it has been a very short show this week. Um, cause it's not a really a lot of, a lot, a lot of news to, to really dig into this week. Um, it's just been fairly slow. I think again, like coronavirus has been an interesting kind of, um, space for everybody right now. Like I think there's a lot of game conversations that aren't really happening in the same ways that we usually would see them. Um, and it just feels like people are waiting for this weird gap between this generation and next generation to happen so that the ramp up is going to happen again. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, once that goes down uh, and then, you know, we'll see what happens when Sony starts to show the box and, and we see more things in that space that are going to happen. Um, also real quick, uh, we had, we spotlighted uh, Sean Alexander Allen uh, the other week, uh, or probably two weeks ago 
in our uh, who who's coming to the cookout segment. But Treachery and Beatdown City is now out and live. So please, 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 please support that game. Support Sean. Support Nico. Support all the folks who who made that game possible. I got a chance to play through some of it. I've been playing. I've been kind of dipping in and out of everything. Um, and it's really funny. It's a really funny game. Like I was not expecting the humor to be in there um, in the ways that Sean and crew have infused that game with like such good New York energy too, um, which I find really fun. Um, it's snarky. It's funny. The gameplay is really dope. It feels good. Sounds good. Like it's, I'm, I'm really proud of that crew for continuing and persevering and busting ass to make that thing real. Uh, Cause it's not hard to make a game out here and especially hard to do it on an indie budget um, with all the things that go on in people's lives and all that stuff. So um, really happy that treachery and beat down city is out and you should definitely uh, be checking that game out. You can cop it on steam. You can cop it on um, uh, itch.io. Itch. Uh, it's over there too. Uh, and it's out on switch. So you can play that thing on your switch on the go, which, you know what I need to, I hardly haven't played my, my switch in a long time. I'm going to buy another copy on switch. Um, because I want to see what it, what it feels like and plays like on switch. Cause I'm, I'm really excited to play that on my big TV too. So that's it for this week. This is a short show, short episode, but I definitely want to get something out there for y'all all to listen to or while you're still in lockdown. Uh, and I have your ears all to myself. Wah, 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 wah. Um, but until next week, uh, again, we have cool stuff coming up this next week. Um, very cool appearance by a very cool and dope person. Uh, we'll probably be talking about that during this week, specifically probably around Wednesday. Uh, so make sure you're paying attention and listen. And again, thank you for listening this week and every week. It really does warm my heart to have so many nice people talk about, you know, the last episode we did with Cameron uh, from Dual Shockers, like the, the, we got so much good feedback over uh, the past, the weekend uh, about what that show was, and people really dug it, and they, they didn't really think the takes that were on it for me were that controversial, which I'm I'm actually happy about too. Um, so make sure you give Cameron uh, Hawkins some love over Dual Shockers. Make sure you send told him that we send you over, uh, and check out his streams and stuff too. Uh, we'll put some information in the show notes about that as well. So until next week. Want to bid you all adieu. I said that joint with a mad French accent, boy. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and until next week, you say peace.